Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. doing good morning you're listening to the arts house on corks 96 fm and c103 it's elmarie maw at the microphone with you until 10 connor talent's also here i have to admit i feel a little bit misty eyed after that drive in this morning ah but it's burning off so quickly (laughs) the day is just full of promise isn't it and yesterday afternoon turned out to be just stunning altogether and you know it puts us in the mind of summer it puts us in the mind of getting out you know we can see light at the end of the tunnel with so many gradual restrictions being lifted and so it's time to think ahead to festivals. And we are pretty much wall-to-wall news about festivals this morning, including things you can actually go to. So hopefully between now and 10 o'clock, we'll have some ideas for you, including the very littlest ones. I'll try that again. Say that again. The very littlest ones amongst you. That's easy for you to say. Yeah. Crinoon the Nog is a special festival for children every year. And this morning in the programme, I'll be telling you about some events that are taking place for families that will be online, yes, but also ones you can actually go to in person. So stay tuned for that. And from the littlest to the earliest festival of the year, we reckon anyway, the 7th Cork Harbour Festival kicking off next Friday, the 4th of June, running until the 14th of June. And I had a chat with festival manager Joya Kuhn, where we kind of not just walked through but I think swam our way through the events that are going to take place over that 10 or 11 days starting on Friday. Yeah well we've beaten you that's not the earliest festival there's been tons of festivals already (laughs) and in fact one that's actually started on Friday is the West Cork Chamber Music Festival so I'm delighted to be chatting to the director of the festival Francis Humphreys on the programme this morning also uh, and telling us particularly about some concerts that are coming up next, next weekend so that you can be prepared and book those in this week. What I meant to say was actually the first festival of the year where people can actually physically participate in. <laughs> You're qualifying it now. We mm-hmm. aren't even two minutes into the programme. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also talking about festivals that are upcoming because I suppose the online nature of so many of them means that 
they're not totally confined online to specific dates. So the West Cork Literary Festival mm-hmm. also has an event coming up this week and we're delighted to chat to Cork author Jamie O'Connell about a book launch event which is coming up this week. All that and more, especially music from Irish singer-songwriters to kick us off and starting off with the wonderful, the glorious, the divine <laughs> Emma Langford. My life on hold, waiting round for you And now you sail the seven seas And what am I to do? And do you think of me out there? Are you coming home? Or did you pack a single care And setting out alone? Ground. But the waters that you sail upon might tear you limb from limb So God bless the boat you built yourself and all who sail with you From time to time Building myself a boat And setting out To find your boy We take two ships afloat And I think of you There bobbing like A cork upon the sea Oh, are you dead Or living boy Won't you come on back To me that album. If you haven't got it, uh, one of the gorgeous albums that was released earlier on this year, Sewing Acorns from Emma Langford. And I love that one. And now we're drifting down the River Lee and we're dr- not drifting out to sea, but we are. <laughs> we're drifting on the water. Okay, that's <laughs> the, mood the, we're trying to, the mood we're trying to conjure up. Okay, Connor. Well, actually, one of the things that we're going to be talking about is so you could be drifting down the River Lee and it's sunset on your own, own kayak tour. Uh, going out and that's part of some of the things that we're going to be walking through at the moment um, 
28 events around Cork City and Harbour and 15 events on top of that online. So to find out more, I had a chat with Joya Kuhn, who's the festival manager of the Cork Harbour Festival. Joya, this morning I was reading the paper and thinking ahead to the way things are opening up and the first thought I had was, well, the Cork Harbour Festival, surely you're going to benefit with some of the announcements that have been made just as recently as last night. And then when I read your press release, (laughs) you said exactly what I was thinking, that you're probably the first festival that people can actually physically participate in, if not in the south of Ireland, the whole of Ireland. Yeah, very exciting. It's something that, you know, I suppose we've all been looking forward to immensely. Mm. It's been it's been a tough old year. Yeah. And many of the event partners that we work with for Cork Harbour Festival have been in and out of lockdown as 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 have all of we. Yeah. So it's really, really, really exciting to get back on the water and on land exploring our beautiful harbour and we do have online events as well (laughs) yeah that's brilliant i mean you're on water you're on land and you're on screen at home you've 28 events crammed around cork city and harbour and another 15 online i suppose we better start swimming our way through the program a little bit if we can (laughs) because you're covering everything from heritage water sports outdoor activities culture nature and conservation and conversation along the way so throw out a few ideas that people might be interested in yeah sure the first strand of the festival i want to highlight is the on the water strand we're really happy to be back out on the water we're working with atlantic sea kayaking to deliver kayaking trips in the city in cork city on the river lee there's sunset trips and there's under the bridges trips honestly if you haven't been on the river in the city i really recommend that you go out with atlantic sea kayaking because they're the best it's just Super, and it really shows the city from a different perspective. So a sunset trip down the water in the city. Yeah. That must be quite unique. You've done it yourself, obviously. I have, yeah, and it's it's really something else. I mean, I'm, I'm from Amsterdam originally in the <laughs> Netherlands, and we are very used to being on the water in the Netherlands, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's something that you grow up with. But even in a place like Amsterdam, to see the city from the water, it's just a completely different angle, a different perspective. And the same happens in Cork City, a city that you might have walked through your entire life, crossed the bridges so many times you couldn't count them. But you see things that you wouldn't notice, you know, when you're on the water. It's a lovely experience and it's also lovely to see people who are alongside the river when you're on your kayak or in your your small boat, interact with them because people are always happy and surprised to see you on the water. Just a a really special experience. Tell me, you've got some sea safaris as well. That is in the lower harbour. So Cork Sea Safari is one of the event partners that we work with as well. And they offer coastal tours and wildlife tours and Cork Harbour tours on their powerboats. And they depart from both Cove and Crosshaven. All right. And if you haven't been in the lower harbour, if you haven't explored that part of the harbour, it is just super. It's very different than in the city. Obviously, Mm. the city tours are are urban environments, whereas the 
the Cove and Crosshaven tours are, are really looking at the immensity of the harbour that we have. Going past Spike Island, which is so impressive. Yeah. Going past Camden Fort yeah. by Crosshaven. And it, it just looks so, so impressive from the water. And going out to the mouth of the harbour, to Roaches Point Lighthouse and beyond, having a look at the different coves and beaches that we know. We have such a beautiful harbour here. It's a really special trip to take. I can't swim, but I'm not terrified of water, so I could only take the trips on the boats, but I could never take a dive. But you are offering that to people. There is a try-a-dive event down on Myrtleville Beach with Cork Dive Centre. And I must admit, I haven't tried to dive here in Cork Harbour or even on the Irish shores, but I have tried them elsewhere. And people tell me that Ireland is actually a really, really, really good place to dive. When the weather is still, the water is very clear. You can see just lovely things. If you haven't gone diving before, this is a good opportunity to try it. You know, you can get like a one-hour try-a-dive session Mm -hmm. with a on-land kind of introduction. And then you can dive right in and go as deep as five metres and get underwater and and swim amongst the fish. It's really cool. Different world out there. Listen, we could speak for hours on the amount of material. We're only getting through some of the things connected to the water and the sea. What else have you got out there on offer for everybody? Because it's a huge program. So outdoors, again, we have also some nice events on land. So we've got cycling events along the Lee. We've got bird watching events down at Harper's Island near Glanton. We've got family orienteering happening all week around the lower harbour and the different woodlands and parks that we have along the river and the harbour. Again, places like Kurabini or Marlogue, mm-hmm. which are not that well known, but lovely woodlands along the harbour, you know, are there to explore with our family orienteering events. Of course, we have in the city, we've plenty of art events as well. The art strand of the festival is a quiet but really impressive strand in itself. So many artists are inspired by the sea. So we have various exhibitions happening throughout the city as well with Sample Studios. One exhibition called Elon that's in the Lord Mayor's Pavilion in Fitzgerald's Park. Great. We have a couple of window exhibitions, one with the MCU Gallery on Grand Parade and one with Tools of the Trade, which is a school's art project as well. But yeah, with with the announcement yesterday from the government that restrictions are easing again, that might well be a positive impact for for those events. Incidentally, I know you would have been worried at one stage or other when you were planning the festival that maybe an online presence would probably have to be bigger than it would turn out to be in the end, but you still still hung on to the online strand. And one of the things that caught my eye was Lorna Siggins talking to three women who themselves have circumnavigated Ireland. That's right, yeah. This is one of the programmes or one of the events that we are organising in Mehomara. Lorna mm-hmm. Siggins is going to invite Karen Weeks and Nola Moore for a conversation around women and the sea. Lorna has sailed around Ireland. Karen has paddled around Ireland. <laughs> and Nola has done a relay swim around Ireland. And, well... Karen and and Nola are quite incredible women. They are both real women of extremes. Karen Weeks at the moment is preparing to row solo as the first Irish woman across the Atlantic later this year. 
And Nola Moore is an amazing swimmer. She's an extreme temperature swimmer and has several world records on her name. So I'm very, very excited to find out about what they do and how they do it. It's amazing. So you can actually take part in the festival this year and not even leave home. But I'm telling everybody to please leave home as well. And when you come back, catch up on these online events. You've got loads of other things happening on the online program. It's a lunchtime lecture series with UCC and Nano Nagel Place. Yeah. And also the Ocean to City race is virtual this year. That's hashtag five miles from home. How do you feel about that? Very excited. Very excited. You know, of course, we're going to miss having all of the rowers and paddlers in Cork Harbour this year for the Ocean City on Ross Moor. But we joined an international series with two event organisers, one in Wales and one in Scotland. And we're organising the second leg of the series. And basically, we're inviting rowers and paddlers across the world to do a time trial of five miles or eight kilometres, just over eight kilometres. They have to do it over the Ocean of City weekend. There's a 48-hour window where they have to do it. And then they have to submit their results, their times to us. And we have an online celebration around that. You know, when we first came up with the idea for Christmas, we were talking to our, our, our friends in Scotland. You know, we, we thought, oh, yeah, this, this could be cool. This could be different, you know, because we know we won't be able to organize a big event as usual this yeah. year. But really, it's, it's just taken off. We have participants literally across the world in 12 different countries, places like, obviously, Ireland, England, Wales, Scotland, but also the Netherlands, Spain, Germany, Italy. We've got people in the U.S., in Australia, in Tasmania. There's a few people in the Ukraine doing it, even in South Africa. <laughs> I know this is your seventh festival, but maybe you have to change the name now to the truly international Cork Harbour Festival, the almost global Cork Harbour Festival. The world is coming to our shores. If you want to find out more, go look for CorkHarbourFestival.com. And I'm glad to finish on one thing. The first event we're going to see will be Notes to a star in Blackrock Observatory on Friday the 4th, which is when the festival itself kicks off and runs until the 14th of June. 28 events, 15 more events online and plenty of course happening around that as well as the city opens up. Festival manager Joey Kuhn, I'm so delighted to have had a chance to talk to you. Maybe next time we meet, it'll be face to face and you'll be back to business as usual but you still managed to pull off an extraordinary sequence of events for this year well done give yourselves a clap on the back thanks so much thanks for having me today (laughs) (laughs) I was actually saying at the end of that conversation that we were going to go along to Blackrock Observatory on Friday the 4th which is one of the events that's kicking off the festival uh, next Friday, but she was just telling me afterwards, needless to say, that was sold out fairly soon as that oh, went. Oh, sure, listen, up. didn't yeah. I make sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second I saw it, I went, <gasps> so I went online immediately booking our tickets. Um, but we did say that on the programme last yeah. Sunday, and yeah. I did say you had to get your name in quick because it would book out quickly, and it did. Uh, so, like that, to definitely, this morning, guys, go onto the Cork Harbour Festival website and be planning and be making, making your notes now and putting it in the diary. So we're going to stay on a watery theme. This is from Cormac O'Keeve's album Swim, Crawl, Walk, Run. Another great Cork singer-songwriter. I love this one. Building My Ark I fear there's a wind Coming my way 
my arc Meet time apart Follow the heart Pale the best Things for you You rolling river We'll burn brighter than life Don't know where to turn The river's too deep The mountain's too steep I'm building my ark The old man is lost Two dreams in his sleep Hail the best things for you You rolling river really love that track and that is taken as I said from Cormac O'Queeve's album Swim, Crawl, Walk, Run I really love that album that particular track just kind of suited the mood I was in thinking about drifting down the river. Can you imagine a kayaking trip down the River Lee? Oh my gosh it would be absolutely amazing. Now I was only ever kayaking once and it was with Kinsale Outdoor Education Centre and 
<laughs> Let's just say it didn't go well. Um, I'd need another go. I'd need a couple of practice, yeah. <laughs> practice goes. You know when they make you capsize the, the stuff and kind of come up again and hop <gasps> out of one and run around the back of the... No, no. I can't. <laughs> I just can't do it. But brilliant, brilliant stuff for the Cork Hark Festival. Cork Harbour Festival on the way. <laughs> Corks 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Griffin's new chipping potatoes are specially grown to make the perfect homemade chip. Fluffy inside and crunchy outside. Now in store. Thanks a million, Jess. That's Jess Lean in the newsroom. Now then, what's making the front pages of the papers, Connor? I'm going to fly through these as fast as I can, starting with the Sunday Times. The main story there is €30,000 COVID cash for pubs and restaurants. The government plans to make bullet payments of up to €30,000 to pubs and restaurants that reopen in June and July to help boost their viability and as compensation for enduring a longer closure than most sectors of the economy. The other main stories on the Sunday Times are DUP pick for First Minister may trigger election and spies Wuhan lab leak feasible got my letters mixed up there and feasible is inverted commas uh, just an interesting story there so you can look at that either way if you want to on the front page of the Sunday Times the Irish Mail on Sunday Chief Medical Officer this is not what we we need a quote from him Holohan shocked by open air party again in inverted commas that's a story by Shane Doran writing for the Irish Mail on Sunday and it's next to a picture of Boris and Carrie marrying in secret that's on the Irish Mail on Sunday business posts warning of blackouts as electricity alerts arise and funds reaped profits of almost 3 billion euro in their first three years that's financial news one of the two stories on the front page of the business post and the Sunday Independent has a story called Revealed, the government's secret fourth wave warning. Two confidential briefings sent to Cabinet. Ten-hour delays at Dublin Airport projected. Plans to wind down pandemic supports. And Brendan O'Connor writes, feel the fear and go for it anyway. And ruling on Graham Dwyer, evidence due in June. There are the three stories on the front page of the Sunday Independent. But there's a picture on the front page that will catch your eye. And it's under the heading of getting ready to soar again. Handler Liam Ford lets Saoirse, the American bald eagle, spread her wings at Adair Manor, County Limerick, after the government's announcement that hotels can reopen this week. So I was looking around to see if there's any good news stories on the inside of the papers. The Independent caught my eye on page 10 when I found out that Clarkson is harvesting laughs as he tackles muddy farm venture. The presenter says Irish girlfriend Lisa brings the right kind of energy to his rural adventure on the latest show. That's Jeremy Clarkson. And there's a quote from inside it. Um, <laughs> the writer says, uh, how hard could it actually be? Asks Jeremy Clarkson. Gardening, is it our farming? Farming, <laughs> running a farm, right? You know, <laughs> while it's driving a Lamborghini around it. Anyway, it turns out to be quite hard on his new Amazon series, Clarkson's Farm, which chronicles his transformation into a bumpkin. Farmhands roll their eyes as they observe no British trader would ever fit the back of the Lamborghini. <sighs> Beetles devour his crops. Torrential rain means he can't plough his fields. His sheep run riot while his Irish girlfriend, the actress Lisa Hogan, looks on, bemused. I'm sure we all will be. That'll be on uh, Amazon Prime, I think, on Friday week, if you're interested in Clarkson's yeah. Farm. 
fair play to him. Um, well, you know what? Last year I had a ball actually growing loads of stuff in the back garden. This year, because of treatment and all the rest of it. Um, I <laughs> and a lot of rain. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of rain. Yes, thank you, Connor, for backing me up. Yeah. It wasn't just my fault that not I wasn't able to do all. the gardening. It's we can Mother Nature was not cooperating. So, yeah, wildflowers are cultivated flowers. We know which ones John Spillane prefers. <laughs> covering so much more than gardening in that song. Oh my God, what he says about people and relationships and being true to yourself in that song is just amazing. That's John Spillane's The Wild Flowers, taken from his album Hey Dreamer, but I am still going to dedicate it in a gardening vein to anyone who is 
sitting in the back garden this morning or this afternoon looking at the dandelions going, will I relax or will I cut the grass? Lads, you know the choice you need to make. Corks 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Griffin's new chipping potatoes are specially grown to make the perfect homemade chip. Fluffy inside and crunchy outside. Now in store. And you're welcome back to the programme. And it is great to hear about recovery and it is great to hear about restrictions being lifted. But it didn't happen in time for all of the festivals recovering today. So the West Cork Chamber Music Festival got underway on Friday last with another super programme which did have to be and does have to be 100% online this year. But it's always great having Francis Humphreys, the Friends Festival Director, on to chat about it. And yesterday, Elle Marie rang him up to find out what concerts are happening next weekend. One of the things that really struck us last year, Francis, was your determination that the show goes on. But also, part of the underlying thing for you last year wasn't necessarily just simply that there were concerts available online. It was honouring the work and the contracts and the commitments that you had made with these international musicians from all over the world. And you were amongst the four worldwide, I think, in that, a handful of people who who saw that need and the validity and the value in, in doing that. And it came back to you in spades, I think, with goodwill and the appreciation of the musicians and the audiences last year. But we all thought it was only going to be for one year. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the programme I prepared for this year? Oh, 130 socially distanced concerts prepared with a plan that by having that many concerts, I would still be able to have enough music for my audience, yeah. even though there might only be 20 or 30 or 40 of them at a particular concert. So that was the plan for this year, and which uh, we had to pull the plug back in, I think. We didn't actually pull the plug officially until March. That was about as close as you could come to the wire in terms of arrangements with musicians from all around the world. Uh, You know, you, you couldn't have brought it any closer. So you did hang on till the bitter, bitter end. Yeah. And then we've now set up in the last however many weeks it is, we've done the same again. We've basically gone to all the musicians and said, you know, we will record you. We will pay you most of your fee, 80 percent of their fee. And let's put together a film in a concert hall or studio near to where you live. So we have 31 concerts as this time around. And in places like the last night was in the Kachirkaba. Uh, no, no, it was in Vienna last night. It was a Kachirkabau in, in Amsterdam tonight. So these concerts have been filmed over the last weeks. There are some, there are two being filmed today. Yeah, it's a rolling process. <laughs> so it's, it's quite scary, actually. But anyhow, we do the best we can. Well, managing musicians when they're coming to West Cork is something, I mean, like you had it down to a fine art in all of the years of the festival, arranging the, everything beforehand, meeting them at the airport, the transport to West Cork, the yeah. accommodation and all that sort of thing. That's one thing. Yeah. But now yeah. managing venues in Vienna and Paris and Amsterdam and all that sort of thing and the filming and then, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. Now, yeah. as people are listening to this on Sunday morning, there is, of course, another beautiful concert tonight, but I think I'm kind of focusing on next weekend because the way you have spread out these concerts is, is lovely. You have a number of sort of arching themes over the next number of weekends 
before we yeah. kind of get into a full week proper of music back to back. So this coming weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, we are again going to be swept off to Amsterdam and to Paris for an amazing weekend of music from the Russian masters. Yes, amazing artists too. I mean, Anna Fedorova is a Ukrainian pianist and it's fabulous performances, I think, of Skriabin, who's a bit of a, what everyone can get on with Skriabin, but Rachmaninoff is fantastic, and Mussorgsky Pictures is such an amazing piece, actually. I was still just a teenager when I played pictures at an exhibition in an orchestra, and it is one of those pieces that just blew yeah. me away at the time. But I want yeah. you to come back to yeah. Scriven, because I don't know his work at all, and she's playing a piece that uh, he completed, I can see in your programme notes, he completed it on his honeymoon. I wouldn't don't be that impressed with a fella on the honeymoon who was saying bye bye now, love. Uh, <laughs> I I've, I've been inspired. That, yeah. <laughs> I've been inspired to do this, and uh, you go away there. But nonetheless, the romance comes through. So, so that's what she's going yeah. to be sharing with us. That's on Friday night that concert. Yes, that's right. Mind you, Mazorgsky, with a really top class pianist, is way ahead of the orchestral version. So. Prepare yourself. <laughs> okay. Quite extraordinary play- performance. Really, I was very impressed. Saturday night, then, we're swept off to Paris. This is actually it's outside Paris, this, this abbey building. I've never been there, but it sounds fantastic. Well, actually, uh, I'll tell you now, we're actually waiting for that film to come in now, so you can imagine we're quite nervous. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> because the Donnell Cortez are very exact about what they let go out to the public, so mm-hmm. to speak. So there's a lot of nerves involved in handling all this. But they're playing Weinberg, who is this, and, and an early Beethoven quartet. And, and, and Weinberg, he's this exact contemporary of Shostakovich, a few years younger. And he was unknown until, in the West at any rate, until 20, 25 years ago. And the Donnell Quartet went and recorded all the quartets. And they were to play all the quartets in Bantry this summer. So instead, we just got one quartet and a very short piece. But next summer, they'll come and play all 17 quartets for us. Then next Sunday, um, you mentioned there, of course, Shostakovich. But the music that's going to be on next Sunday's programme from Shostakovich, you say again in your notes, is from his earlier time, his pre-clashing with Stalin time. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's a more friendly work. It's not as driven as some of the later works, though it has one very driven movement. I literally, that recording came in last night by Johannes Moser, and I was up till late last night listening to it. It's, he is the most fantastic cellist. <laughs> he really is. And he gives a wonderful introduction as well. I love that. Yeah, and then the Rachmaninoff vocalise, which... Yeah, everyone knows mm-hmm. that. It's um, normally for voice, you know, without words. Six minutes of, of Rachmaninoff at his most romantic. <laughs> and then the Shostakovich Sonata, which again, I think, as far as I remember, he, he, he'd broken up with his girlfriend at the time. So he was, or whether it was the girlfriend, he had a very open relationship with his wife. So I think they were going through one of their hard times. So some of that came out and... <laughs> 
Some of that came out in the music. It's a D minor, so that's a kind of nervous key, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But you know, you know, just something that struck me there when you were talking about the the Dana Quartet and how exact they would be. And, you know, when we were all kind of swimming in the sea of newness of the whole broadcasting Facebook Live oh. concerts last year. There was a lot of things that people accepted as a live performance. And in a live yeah. performance, mistakes happen. There's yeah. variation yeah. or whatever. Are, are you finding musicians that are recording films for you struggling more with that because there is the pressure to no, be perfect? I, I, I did ask everyone to treat it like a live concert. Yes. And only repeat, you know, do an extra take if there's a problem. They're meant to be as live concerts. And it's hard. Um, it is a hard world we are in for, for musicians from, from that perspective. Yeah. Letting go, and I suppose the control over something you feel, you know, if you're in a, an auditorium or a recital hall and you're there present in the moment for a live concert, it's there, yeah. it's in the air and it's gone. Whereas recording, yeah. there is, I suppose, that worry for people that it's there in perpetuity. And yeah, I must say that's not, that's not what's happening. Basically, the, the concert's going to open in Ireland at 8 p.m. on the day, on the recording days or 11 a.m. Uh, during the festival with the coffee concerts. And, and then it's opening five hours later in the States. And then after the performance, if you like, the stream in the States, it's then on demand for 48 hours and no more. And then we take it down after that. Mm-hmm. So it's not ah, there for perpetuity. It's absolutely not. And how wonderful that there is such a broad international audience as well now who obviously you would have, you know, hundreds of people who came to Ireland every year specifically to travel to Bantry for the festival. But, you know, what a joy for this to be available so internationally for people now online. Now, we won't get stuck into chatting about the coffee concerts and all that sort of thing just yet because we have one or two other sort of themed weekends that we might chat ahead of that. But the most important thing would be for people to direct themselves to westcorkmusic.ie and click on the Chamber Music Festival because all of the links will be there. So it's 10 euros for an individual concert and then there's packages for the whole festival and packages for six concerts, six themed concerts if you like. Mm -hmm. Some people have chosen you know, to buy six string quartet concerts for instance and I think there's probably solo piano. There's lots of different themes that you can follow. Absolutely Um, wonderful. But the cost of these concerts is huge. So we felt it really was important that people get, if you want quality you need to pay for it. And 10 euros is not a lot for the quality of music we're providing. And in venues that are not accessible to us here, you know, a palace in Budapest and another, um, this was originally a palace in Vienna for the concert last night. And then all these famous concert halls and everything. Yes, it's what a been, joy. Yes, I think it's, it's, it is interesting for people to see these venues and to meet these musicians on their home turf. And what's the regret, in a way, is that so many Irish musicians are abroad. So, for instance, Rachel Kelly and Fiacre Garvey are doing a recital. But they're doing it in London. And then there's Deirdre Brenner. She lives in Vienna. So she's, she actually went from Vienna to, to Paris to, to work with her singer. Gosh. Um, a lot of Irish musicians have gone abroad. Yeah. Alex Petku is going to do a concert for us in Bantry and the other one is the Esposito Quartet from Dublin are going to do a concert in Bantry for us. Well, those are the only two in Bantry, unfortunately. Francis, it's just so joyful 
having a conversation with you and talking to you about the festival yet again. And we'll chat next week about the romantics which okay. are on the way. Okay. So I'm looking forward okay. to that. And uh, gradually, bit by bit, we'll be dipping our toe more and more into the festival as the weeks go by. But thank you so much, Francis. Okay. Well, thank you, Al-Marie. Lovely to hear from you. And uh, you can check out the entire programme by looking up the website westcorkmusic.ie and seeing as we're talking about those beautiful concerts coming up next Friday, the artist who is playing is Anna Fedorova and this is one of the Rachmaninoff pieces she's going to include on that programme. The Prelude, Opus 32, number 5 in G major. sound there of Anna Fedorova. Isn't that just beautiful? Can you imagine streaming a concert like that to your back garden from Amsterdam? Just 
extraordinary. So congratulations indeed to Francis Humphreys and the entire team behind him who are behind the West Cork Chamber Music Festival. Again, beautiful concert still on tonight, but the Russians are the focus of next weekend's concerts and uh, you can find all the details on westcorkmusic.ie. Corks 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Griffin's new chipping potatoes are specially grown to make the perfect homemade chip. Fluffy inside and crunchy outside. Now in store. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
In a way, I wish they could have left the waves run on a little bit longer at the end of that. That's the sound there, though, of Claire Sands and Susan O'Neill. Fantastic single they brought out uh, back maybe about two months ago or so. Carry my song. And I just think, you know, it's tremendous what they put together in something like 48 hours in a caravan on the west of Ireland but just Toshe er aus now in Tachtan Shachuing ta rhaint clarcha simuler tijikar so vias a fechant ernalis the mars gnog is a nocht lanan she the raglish and sore straf we cork folk festival le dirnigla coin agus the mask nikul tori a nochtown ta maradni vainig makdaro filine oni mikey o sulavine agus johnny lee han so monum yed um clar ellen er lag my hul er no suile lundin at a shiner and dear din shahuing lergus er hail agzar hahin and iron of og at a carfuha a brief car and the brahna le rint blinta nos a turfa leru er and sail marahan shesher gilgori a a gahar in a marin ocht million dina agz yomid tishkent and in the hair a valen dina oga Gullindin, Kumala Leru Ernadeshna at all or foiled of own. So Neelam Imean or Marvan Gawil Kolkaraka Agomnu, Draharaka Nu Drafurka own. So Vexhishaw Simul the Koch, Agasashila Feshkind Erin Dirdin Shahuing, Egdech on a Shayshin, ten to six, Ertijikahar this coming Thursday. And staying with Gaelga, a fantastic festival that has its Tedal, it's Anam Asgailga, is Krununanog, even though I think actually hardly any of the events that are in it are Asgailga. But Krununanog is a national festival celebrating creativity, imagination, and just joy for children all over Ireland. And the Cork wing of it is coordinated by Cork City Council and the pem- person in charge of it in Cork City Council is Siobhan Clancy. So I rang her to find out all about it. Siobhan, it's lovely to have you on the programme. Now, start off by telling me, what is your official title in Cork City Council? So, Anne-Marie, my official title is Community Arts Coordinator. I assist the Arts Officer at Cork City Council Arts Office. Uh, but I guess we have a special remit uh, within the Arts Office to ensure that uh, the arts are fully inclusive and accessible to youth and community groups around our city. And that completely ties in with a festival like Crenoon and Oog, which is just such a wonderful celebration every year. Now, last year when we were talking about it, obviously everything that was happening was taking place online. This year it's tremendously exciting that on the 12th of June, which is a Saturday, there's going to be events that families can take children to as well. But those would obviously need to be booked because with restrictions, numbers will be limited. And there's also so many events taking place online. In fact, were you saying, Siobhan, this is the biggest collection of events ever? To date for the Crinina Nog programme, which is supported by Creative Ireland, this is Cork City Council's biggest programme and, you know, commendations to all of the cultural institutions and arts organisations that have jumped on board to make that happen. We've been joined by a lot of new partners as well and really, I guess, the, the motivation here by organisations that are working with young people is to just create an opportunity to celebrate the creativity that young people have, you know, exhibit regularly and also to honour their resilience throughout this, you know, really challenging time that we've all had and to share that with everybody in a really fun range of activities. 
And that you have done. You know, for children from three years of age to 18 years of age, everybody's covered. Now, why don't we start off this morning, so by talking about some of those events that families would want to be checking out the website for in terms of booking any of those places. So could we maybe look at some of the live events that are taking place and to which people would need to direct their attention this week and get their names in? Sure, Elmarie. So as you mentioned, a lot of activities would have taken place online as part of our Green Newton Oak programme last year. But this year, I guess there is an appetite to be outdoors and to be socialising even at a distance. And so the arts organisations hosting these events have responded to that. And many of these events are co-designed and led out by young people themselves. Yes. So a few items that, you know, you really want to get your bookings in quickly that are taking place out doors uh, include the 18th century dance lesson yeah. at the Nano Nagel Centre, which I'm sure everybody is aware is, is a very beautiful setting. And it's a very intriguing opportunity to add time travel back to uh, a previous period. You can also learn how to paint your own handmade tiles with Shandon Art Studios and the Lord Mayor himself tried this a couple of weeks ago. So limited places will be available outdoors in Shandon Plaza for that. And there are also a number of online workshops that you'll need to book early to avoid disappointment. That's right, because simply because events are taking place online doesn't mean they're unlimited, especially if they're of a live workshop nature. And some of those are happening as well. But isn't it tremendous to see places like St. Peter's Church on North Main Street actually able to open their doors? What's happening there this year? It's true, Marie. So St. Peter's Church, as well as other venues, they'll be very much guided by the health guidance that emerges around the time. So uh, depending on that, you might expect to be workshopping indoors. You might expect to be workshopping outdoors. As you know, it's a very beautiful setting. So I'm sure it'll lend itself to the creativity that will unfold. For example, at St. Peter's, you can take place in a fun cartoon design workshop. There's also a colour workshop for people that are really interested in art. And there are a number of activities as well that don't require booking that are taking place outdoors where you can go along at any time to observe what's happening and and maybe participate. But some of these activities do require you to download the resources in advance. So that's something to keep in mind. And again, a reason to go to the Cork City Council website to make sure that you have all the information you need to hand. For example, Cork Midsummer Festival in collaboration with Cork Puppetry Company this year have created a treasure hunt at Jerry O'Sullivan Park in Churchfield. It's called Star Me, a planetary game. And if you play this game, you might encounter some very unusual creatures uh, in this park, including aliens and UFOs. But in order to participate in the treasure hunt, you want to download the um, resource in advance. Now, there are so many of our children, I suppose, who in lockdown really connected with their friends online, whether it was, you know, FaceTiming them or whatever. But, you know, there's a whole generation of young people who play games with each other online and Minecraft Cork 1921, (laughs) not Mm -hmm. 2021, 1921. That's an online event that's taking place, isn't it? And it's just fascinating what can happen in these other dimensions currently. So this, again, it's an opportunity to time travel this time virtually, to see what Cork would have looked like 100 years ago and actually experience walking around the city and seeing the buildings as they would have looked back then. And as you might remember, 100 years ago followed the fire that happened in Cork. So it's likely to be very different to how it looks now. And 
no doubt it would be interesting to compare how far we've come, again, as a testament to the resilience of, of all the generations that live in Cork City. There's some just fun activities that everybody, no matter whether you're taking part in Crinoon and Oak or not, can encounter simply by walking around the city centre. For example, that brilliant collaborative project with Notes to Cork, the poster project. I mean, like, this is such an Instagrammable opportunity for people as well to bring the family along and pose in front of these massive posters. Absolutely. And not just Instagram, Elmarie. I think there's some TikTok possibilities in this oh. piece as well. So as you know, um, the collaboration <laughs> is with uh, Activate Youth Theatre, who are um, facilitated by Graffiti Theatre Company. And these young people, you know, they have been rehe- uh, rehearsing, performing, improvising by their screens for the past year. And they are just like many young people right now, dying to get out there, interacting with their peers and being creative together. So they've created this scenario for all of us. And you can join in at whatever age. You'll be able to download a map to find the locations of some posters that they've designed, as you said, in collaboration with Notes to Cork. And by interacting with those posters, you can make them come alive and grab some images, grab some videos, share them online. If you tag us, then we'll make sure that they get seen more widely as well. And it's it's really should be lots of fun because you can you can interpret the scenario in your own way. And I'm not going to reveal too much about what that is. You'll just have to get your map and turn up on the day and and see what you can improvise with um, by living people. Absolutely. And on TikTok, people are just being so creative because with all of that, you can throw filters mm. and the whole lot of an, onto it as well in the videos. It's going to be great. Now, obviously, one of the big events that takes place in the city every year, the St. Patrick's Day Parade, couldn't take place. And mm. one of the things I remember chatting to William in Cork Community Artlink about was a tale of Cork. And because we knew these panels were being created and he was telling us all about the legend of Kleena, about whom I knew very little... There was a question mark about how this would be made available to the public and you have chosen a great venue to do it, Bishop Lucy Park, Mm. right in the middle of the city. What's going to happen? Tell people about that. So uh, just like you said, William and the team at Cork Community Artlink have been working so hard on this piece and we know that there's been huge investment by people of Cork City in this piece as well because that there was clear evidence of that in the amount of audio recordings that were sent to Cork Community Artlink in order to weave and edit this beautiful song by Cleana and her songbirds. So the installation is based on this legend of Cleana and her healing songbirds. As you said, the the original plan was that these beautiful installation pieces uh, would feature prominently for St. Patrick's Festival in the city. However, uh, COVID-related restrictions meant that we just had to um, hold back on that for a little while. Uh, The pieces have been stored very carefully. They are such delicate and beautiful pieces. And finally, we have this opportunity to welcome Cleena and her birds into the city centre at uh, Bishop Lucy Park. And there will be some information about the mythology around the pieces and a little prompt as well to get a little bit creative yourself in the in the park in response uh, to them. So it, it will not only be an installation, but there will also be the sound aspect where if you have submitted your audio recording back then a number of months ago, you'll get an opportunity to hear that song amongst the trees in the city centre park. 
Beautiful. Now, I know for Crinoon and Oak, and indeed, right the way throughout the year, our libraries and our galleries like the Glucksman and the Crawford are tremendous for the work they do for young people and incorporating uh, art for children and creativity for children right the way through. In fact, of course, the Glucksman won an international award for what it's done for children. Mm. And Lots of those activities are still included in Crinunanog and the galleries are involved in it. But also the Lifetime Lab is doing science at home. So like, for example, we're talking about a lot of things people can go to. But this is an example of one of the little workshops that people can take part in with their children at home, with things you can find around the house and a little online science workshop. So it, it covers everything from seeing the environment, Music, whether it's music from the 18th century or having an idea, a a lead workshop into traditional music to visual arts to getting out and about. There's so much. So I suppose really the best thing we can do, Siobhan, is try and direct parents to the website and how they will get the links for things they need to book this week, but bookmark then for the following week. So how do people find it? Um, Thanks, Omri. So, you know, like you said, there's such a range of activities and, you know, this year more so than ever, we're, I guess, celebrating the fact that creativity comes in all forms. And you don't necessarily have to be a young person that's interested in art. Like you said, you might even be interested in science, but you want to see how it might integrate creativity. So all of this uh, is available. Uh, if you look at the corkcity.ie website, search for Crinion and Oak, and you'll find the entire program there. And there is a national site, Crinion and Oak, and searching by location, you'll find uh, all of the activities listed for Cork City. Siobhan, congratulations to Cork City Council on pulling together the largest programme, as you said, to date. And I love the way you added the words to date because that obviously signifies ambition for the future, bigger and better and further growth ahead. So congratulations and well done to all. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes out of it this year. Thanks so much, Elmarie. And you know, in turn, I really want to pass on my congratulations to the arts organisations, the cultural institutions that really pulled together in this past year and worked hard building capacity, building skills uh, to facilitate such a wide and varied programme and and obviously also to all of the young people who have really put their hearts and their creative energy and their uh, innovations into making this um, the best and most inclusive, yes. It really is. Siobhan Gurmila-Malgat, Slán, thank you. Slán, Elmarie, thank you. That's Siobhan Clancy there from Cork City Council. Now you can find the links for Crinoon and Oak by going onto the Cork City Council webpage and uh, looking for them there in the menu. Or you can also type Crinoon and Oak into Google. And even if you misspell Crinoon and Oak, Google will give you enough suggestions that are close to it that'll bring you to the national website. And then just click on Cork for the drop down county menus and you've got the whole programme there. So lots of stuff online and events you can bring the family to in person as well. So just wonderful. Cork's 96 FM and C103. The Arts House. Listen to what you say I won't just throw love away If you talk from the truth I'll hear the gold in you Walking on sands for food 
Sublime. That's the sound, of course, of Imelda May. It's from her new album, Eleven Past the Hour. And I think of all the tracks I've been listening to on the album, that one is my favourite. It just resonates so much. I hope you enjoy that one this morning. Now, there's loads still happening, Connor. Yeah, I'm looking at four star and five star reviews of what's going to be screened in everymancork.com. You can get the tickets there on the website for the Everyman. I'll just read a review and this will explain it for you. Be advised... You better buckle up for this one because Irene Kelleher is going to make you fall completely in love with Hannah from Kill Thomas and then she's going to break your heart. Yeah. So that is Mary and Me by Irene Kelleher and it's written and performed by Irene and it's directed by Belinda Wilde. Um, it's an award-winning, critically acclaimed show and it returns in a new version reimagined for digital presentation. We're going back to Ireland in 1986. Hannah is 15. She lives in a claustrophobic small town. Sure, she's got friends, but no one who understands her, no one she can confide in. So who'll listen to her? And uh, she's going to need a lot of understanding and support. So this is the story of a teenage girl beginning a series of conversations with the statue of the Virgin Mary at the Grotto. And it's actually inspired by a true story. And Mary and Me is a compellingly originally imagined story of a woman's search for understanding and meaning. It's also 
it's also actually quite rich and funny uh, in its telling as well and it kind of retells Ireland in the 1980s so that's Mary and Me written and performed by Irene Kelleher which you can get online through the Everyman theatre website everymancorp.com really looking forward to seeing that and uh, that particular play of course is one of Irene's published plays as well it's been published and uh, presented in the States and everything just absolutely tremendous and I also want to say a massive congratulations to Irene because a short film she was in um is just uh, after winning the Art House Film Award at the Fastnet Film Festival. So that's great news. (laughs) We'll have more of that as well soon, later on in the programme. While I'm still in the Everyman, um, we had John Splann on earlier on and also 100 Untold Stories is a film with John Spillane and David Mitchell. It's music and it's conversation and it's produced by John and Debarra's Folk Club um, basically in April 2021 this year. An uncharacteristically quiet Debarra's Folk Club um, hosted songwriter John Spillane and novelist David Mitchell. They met there, they spoke about music, digressed on folklore and mythology and then went down the tangential paths that only conversation between (laughs) artists do. So that's why it's called 100 Untold Stories, a film with John Spillane and David Mitchell. Oh, just really something to to treasure now. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. Okay then, Uh, the West Cork Literary Festival is something we'll associate with later on in the season, but in fact events are already underway because celebrated writer and Cork author Jamie O'Connell publishes his first novel this week with a launch event being hosted by the West Cork Literary Festival on Thursday night on Zoom. And for an author who has won numerous awards for his writing and short stories, he also teaches writing in UCD, works in publishing himself, and he hosts a popular book podcast, Good Luck With The Book. <laughs> love it. But he was snapped up by Doubleday Publishers of Penguin Random House for his first novel called Diving for Pearls. Well, the opening chapter grabbed me straight away and the book brings together the stories of six very different characters from the Irish in Dubai to the Emirate experience of a surgical student in Dublin to the Irish mother worrying about her family abroad and the story of an Arab man who lives with his boyfriend in Dublin but who has hidden his sexuality from his family at home. And, you know, at first, when the chapter begins and the book begins, we're on a very plush flight into Dubai and the scenes as we descend are so evocative but the passengers on the plane are oblivious to the fact that the body of a woman has just been discovered in the harbour in the water beneath them. I had a chance to chat to Jamie O'Connell about the book yesterday and I began by simply just asking him how long it had been cooking because he's so busy. This novel I started in 2010. Well actually no, the ideas were starting to mull in my head in 2010. It was when I first went to Dubai in 2010 but the first I actually looked through my file there to see for what was the earliest one I could find and actually it was May 2012 and I think for me the challenge of writing novels because I'd come from short stories was the kind of length and then kind of staying with uh a character for 70,000 words, which, you know, I, I, I've been trained in the short story, which is all about, like, as short as possible and tight. And, you know, it was a very different kind of mindset. And I do think there are very different skill sets between the short story and the novel. But the, the novel is uh, obviously set up at Dubai, and it's very much the, a portion of the city. And I was very inspired by Colin McCann's book a few years before that, which is Let the Great World Spin, which tells the story of sort of New York in the 70s or at a key moment in that city's kind of time period. Mm-hmm. and he looks at the city from different viewpoints so he has the kind of the, the people in the Bronx and then he has sort of the upper west side so it's all these kind of viewpoints of the city which are all true but they're all just parts 
impressions of the city and I think that's where the inspiration then came when I which suited my writing style coming from short stories to try and have these multiple characters seeing a city from different viewpoints because I went out there as a westerner you know and and I just remember coming in and flying in over this sort of desert into the city and it's like the only way I can describe it is like when Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz sees the <laughs> Emerald City and it's just this like wow it's so like as I said I grew up in the green fields of North Cork and there's just the city like something from out of the, a sci-fi film just sitting in the desert so uh, it was a kind of a combination of it really suited my style as a writer to write it in this way and also I felt I was being fair to the city to kind of show that the western viewpoint but also trying to show that there is this kind of underclass of migrant workers who have a very different experience of how it is. And from the opening chapter where we're arriving in on an airplane to the city, I was right there, I was in the plane and I could feel the heat. (laughs) But very, very quickly, we're brought into a number of, and obviously when you're talking about a book like this, you have to try doing it without spoiling the story or giving too much away. But we can Mm. do a couple of little hooks, no bother. So... (laughs) So very, very quickly, we meet uh, a number of characters and I suppose that the the idea is that their stories are somehow going to overlap, but they're Mm. utterly, utterly different. You swing so fluidly from Dubai back to Dublin, out to the countryside and paint each character so perfectly. So we're not just living in Dubai for it. I mean, like you, you have a guy from the Emirates who is over in Dublin and he's living with his partner, but obviously coming from from the Emirates would not be out to his family and not in any way mm. living living openly at home. So, like, you know, you, you really have tried, and I'm only about 37 pages or something like that into <laughs> it. <laughs> you're, you're covering so much. For me, I love writing character. I really, maybe that's once again short stories coming to, I love for me, the story always comes out of a character, you know, and when people ask, sometimes ask when I'm teaching students creative writing, they say, you know, what is plot? I'm like, get your character, hear their voice, you know, hear their, their concerns and worries and figure out what is the thing that terrifies, like their Achilles heel, what is the thing that will make them come undone and put them through that? And that's your novel. <laughs> that is your story, is to figure out their deepest fear and then to push that button. Mm-hmm. So I had hope for my reader, of course, I, you know, I was dying to write all these different themes and everything for the book, but it's so important for me that a reader reads a, a strong story. So, you know, to have the kind of mystery of this girl's death and then I'm hoping that the readers sort of fall in love with my characters and then they're going to go through hell and back with them, you know, biting their nails and sitting on the on the corner of their seats as, as the novel progresses and you kind of realise all is not what it seems. So that, that would always be my approach. I always start with character when I write. And I think, I suppose, what kind of came out of writing from that point of view, and, I, you know, I do write from a number of different points of view, different kind of characters, is how underneath it all we're all the same. I kind of, as the more I read, I was like, we all just want to feel safe. We want to be loved we want to make something of our lives and uh like i was coming to it as a, as a westerner and i'm a late millennial and i would have graduated uh, around 2008 2009 for my master's right in the heart of the recession mm-hmm. and there was no jobs in this country you know really we all we don't need reminding of what it was like you know and i really saw all of my generation uh essentially have to leave to other countries and one of the places was dubai uh, and that experience is obviously very unique to, to Ireland that's been going on for decades back through the 80s which is also referenced in the book but actually there's a lot of people who are also doing that from Ethiopia from Asia and they're all coming to Dubai just hoping to make a difference in their yeah. life and uh, that's that's really at the heart of the book and it's it's a universal 
human desire to make something of yourself. And a city that's pulsing with people who arrive driven to succeed. But then you take like a lot of the early part of what I've been reading so far is you've brought a seam from Dubai to Dublin and he really feels like a fish out of water. My gosh, what was it like writing his character? I... Well, I suppose my background is I grew up in quite a conservative religious environment myself. And now I'm not in any way. I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to speak for a, a gay Muslim man and his experience. But I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness and gay and a similar thing where it's very conservative. And, it, you know, they don't line up uh, in terms of, you know, beliefs. And I understood something of the psychology of that mm-hmm. where one thing that I, I really remember from my childhood was there's sort of the truthful answer, which, which is how you feel. And there's the right answer. Uh, which you give and this kind of dichotomy that you constantly Mm. live with and then when I went to Dublin in 2009 I was starting actually a master's in creative writing and I met uh, not from Dubai but I met a number of people of Arabic heritage who were actually studying in RCSI at the time and some of them were gay and there was something in the the pain of that kind of childhood where you're actually not good enough as you are uh, and that kind of leads to a sort of a deep self-hatred actually you know part of you really is on is is kind of wounded from that experience and i could see that in them and that felt very universal and as i said culturally a lot different but underneath it all you want your parents to accept you as you are like and if that doesn't happen it leaves a mark and uh for me it left a mark in this kind of constant seeking of approval so you know i was always trying to like come top of the class in school and that carried on into you know junior search and leaving search, it was just, it was never enough. I was like, if it was 98%, it wasn't 100%, you know, and some of that is there for uh, Asim in Dublin where he really, you know, he's studying medicine and, uh, you know, he wants to succeed. But at the same time, there's this awful emotional scar there that's from, you know, his, his family situation. So he's kind of swinging a bit because, you know, he's, he's smart, a smart guy. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he's uh, there's destructive behaviour happening as well, which which was the same for me in my early 20s. It, it took a while for me to kind of find my feet after that experience. So I have a lot of affinity to Asim. And as I said, it's drawn from that side of my person, you know, my own experience, but also drawn from this kind of shared conversations that I would have had with people who were from, you know, that culture. And well, you've poured your understanding and empathy into his character and obviously it's painted so beautifully as he is in Dublin. But then, of course, circumstances run away and he is drawn back to Dubai. But there are other characters that are here in Ireland. I mean, there's the mother, Joan, who's like every Irish mummy and she has all sorts of little particular quirks to her own whether she doesn't like the curry touching the rice before it's on the plate and all that sort of thing. I mean (laughs) the the, the level of detail that you quickly engage with for each character rather than teasing it out paints each one of them so vividly so quickly that it's very easy to be drawn into their story so like I said I'm only about 37 pages in or so and and I'm gripped I actually just had to put it down to talk to you. Oh, thank you. So I'm, I'm delighted <laughs> so with it. And it's funny, isn't it? Launching a book and, and doing stuff like this online, it's become second nature in some respects. And I know you're no stranger either to hosting readings and guiding readings and things like that as well and sharing stuff online. And no, it definitely is different. I, I, I think you have to be aware of people that I found myself is aware of that concentration is different for people when they're on a Zoom call or, you know, on that online call versus in person, you know, it's kind of a, uh, so I'm just very aware to not go too long on a reading or something like that, just to make sure that, you know, it's, it's, it's screens are, it's not the 
same kind of uh, level of connection. As I said, for Thursday next week, I feel so in such good hands with Sophie. I really do because she's just so chatty and warm. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that. It's definitely different. And I mean, I feel really lucky that my book is coming out early June, you know, rather than, you know, six weeks ago when it would have been much more difficult, you know. So I'm hoping with my friends, you know, maybe by early July, I'll have sort of a the, a toast, a proper in-person, even if it's outside, <laughs> toast uh, to, to celebrate the book. And totally deserved. It's called Diving for Pearls. I will give people the details for that book launch again when we're finished chatting. But my plan for the afternoon is if the sun comes out, I'm going to take it outside under an umbrella. If the sun doesn't come out, I have a perfectly comfortable chair in the sitting room and I shall return and tuck myself back up with the story that I just left there about 10 minutes ago. Jamie, it's been so lovely talking to you and I'm really privileged to have had a chance to have a sneak look at the book before it's officially launched. I do appreciate that and wish you all the best with the launch on Thursday night. Thank you. Thanks, Elmarie. Thank you so much for having me on. Really looking forward to that and so looking forward to sitting down in the sun today and uh, getting stuck back into the book. It's called Diving for Pearls. So watch out for that one. And of course, if you go onto the westcorkmusic.ie website, that will bring you not just to the West Cork Chamber Music Festival, but also to the West Cork Literary Festival. And all the links are going to be gathered there together in the one spot. The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. Status quo blast from a jukebox The lads I grew up a player guitar conjuring youth Hunched at the bar I hear dreams that turn to dust Till I ring out for last call A pint takes a minute to settle The creamy head rises and lands like a chorus of foam Regulars catching my eye to change their tune But I ain't a conductor I got opera on the top floor Violence cry and areas explode Riding with those Valkyries too low and Got my own Valhalla in this store The boy who sing Elvis and Skiffle Perched with their porter like vulture chicks waiting to hatch The races and darts don't soothe the soul I'm a fish out of water A child of Prague's beady-eyed judges He might blow the whistle If my world collided with theirs After the final, John gave us a drunkenness and dormant And for once I felt kinship I got up on the t- 
top floor Violence cry and areas explode Riding with those Valkyries too lonely I've got my own Valhalla in this store And that opera on the top floor It's under lock and key Needle, it's the final I'm away on the wind Every secret needs a sanctuary such a great track. That's Jack O'Rourke's new uh, release, Opera on the Top Floor. And in fact, I only saw on Twitter that he was back in uh, the Triscoll Theatre this week, finishing off, laying down stuff uh, in the theatre, recording for his new album, which is so exciting. And uh, I know he was expressing his gratitude to the whole team in Triscoll for uh, the, the space, the acoustics, the piano and everything. And it's it's really, really thrilling. Now, uh, Jess Lean has joined us live in studio from the newsroom uh, in it for a change because I wanted to chat to you about the Fastnet Short Film Festival, which mm-hmm. is in its final day today. And like you... Everyone knows you now from reading the news at nine o'clock and all the all the headlines. <laughs> but you have you're one of those people who has this double life where you are currently writing a play, you are currently writing, I don't know, another film, you have written, directed and starred in films and you've all of that going on. And one of your films, Brona, mm-hmm. is in the festival. So yeah. Tell us all about it and how's it going. Isn't it such a pity you can't be down in school this I weekend? I know, we were just saying there how the weather is so beautiful. It'd be lovely to be down meeting and greeting and yeah, <sighs> mingling with everyone. But look, things to look forward to. So, Absolutely, because yeah. I love I love their byline. You know, our village is our screen. Yeah. And how, you know, the whole village, uh, entire buildings, you know, you go into a pub for a film, you mm. go down to the hall for a film, everywhere screens films and like Connor was saying you just casually meet directors and actors wandering around having their breakfast in the cafes and yeah. can you imagine weather like this weekend would just be stunning for it and 99 with Saoirse Ronan <laughs> on the front porch yeah <laughs> exactly as you do but obviously this weekend it's it's all happening online and yeah. as a result then they've made it all free they have and that's been amazing because I've even noticed people people that maybe wouldn't be interested in looking at my film on a normal day have they've all gotten in touch and they've seen it and it's I think it's something to do with the magic of Cork as well and it happened with the Cork International Festival too but really specifically with this one there's just been such a wide reach and I think it was amazing that Fastnet did that because yeah it's just really supportive of the whole you know filmmaking community and actors and directors and designers and everyone who put everything into it that they can get that reach when festivals haven't been you know, physical, they've been online. What's it been like this year as a filmmaker, submitting films to online festivals and that sort of thing? I mean, has the process of submissions and selections changed or stayed the same? Well, I actually wouldn't know. It's my, this is my first film. So I submitted it last, say, we we locked it last um, May, June. 
and then submitted to all the festivals beyond there. So the festival run for me began in, I think it was October, November, around the Cork Film Festival, Kerry Film Festival time. So that that was the first time I ever submitted films online. So I had no idea what was going on. I was such a, a newbie to it. But I I think definitely people are saying that like this year there was, you know, there was certain things that if you had it in this festival premiering here, it maybe couldn't be here. And that's, that's I'm not sure if that's the way it is always, but things did change, but it, it was very well done and it was very kindly done. I think people were very supportive in the festivals. Now we did chat a little bit about Brona mm. Back in the autumn, I think, when it was selected for the Cork International Film Festival. But for people who haven't seen it yet, give them a little hook so they'll go searching for it today. <laughs> I'll give you the log line that I <laughs> worked on for about five hours. No, um, it's, um, it's about a girl who is, she has a delayed grief that suddenly comes upon her. And she's a quirky, weird kind of character, something I'm hugely interested in. Um, especially for female roles and she takes it upon herself to live in a totally different place on her own and try and sort through that grief and she has a very unusual coping mechanism um so it's it's her interaction with this counselor with a the therapist and what you see her telling the therapist is slightly different to what she's actually doing so it's this kind of yeah, the, the lies that exist there and what someone will do to get through grief, I suppose. And the lies we tell others, but the lies we also tell ourselves. Exactly. Which yeah. is at the core of it, isn't it? Yeah, and it's that conflict of like your own psyche and what's going on and what you want to, you know, the public versus private mm. image of yourself. And it's, yeah, it's a bit about that. And have you had a chance to look at very many other films in the festival over the course of the weekend? I have. I've actually seen two that... I just read on the news earlier on one, which was yeah. great because they're brilliant. Um, Claire Burns' Sister This, that picked up Best Irish at the festival. And it's just, it's such a lovely film. And it's shot in one location as well, which I just really, really loved. And it's, it's, it's a, like, it's a complicated story, but it's so simply done. And there's just a brilliant female ensemble and cast involved in it. And Isla Amano, then who won Best in Cork, her film 4x4. It's a stunning film and it's, it's quite a like subdued and not silent film, but there's such little, you know, dialogue in it and conversation and it's it's a stunning watch. It's so good. So, yeah. You picked be. that out one out as well for us back in the autumn because I remember Did. you talking <laughs> about that before it won. And so obviously you have a good eye for picking oh, out the winners. I, <laughs> <laughs> I could pick my own now if you're doing well. <laughs> but, you know, kind of a, a strange um I suppose not a strange, but a really fantastic setup though, that your first film out has been accepted so many festivals mm. and has done so well and been screened so often, which is brilliant for the first trip out. Yeah, and I'm hugely grateful for it. Like and you know, the support from just people who wouldn't usually, like I was saying, be interested in mm. like short film festivals and things like that. It's just it's been lovely. And I know the pandemic definitely lent to that because people were at home and had the time and were exploring different, you know forms of entertainment and like whether it's short films or other platforms and whatever so it was it was great yeah so I'm very grateful. Now this is the final day of the festival mm -hmm. isn't it so um, this is people's last chance to actually see any of those films and because they're short films it's not like you feel you have to take a break from sunning yourself in the garden and come inside and yeah. sit down for an hour and a half like you could literally come in and over your cup of coffee, uh, sit down for 20 minutes and get yeah. three films, you know. Yeah. And what an amazing thing to do today to set a little bit of shade time because we need to mine ourselves in the sun, guys. <laughs> uh, and enjoy the final day of the Fastnet Short Film Festival. Congratulations on the screening.
Thank you. I just think it's fantastic. And uh, I can't wait to see what comes next because listeners, let me tell you, this woman is a powerhouse <laughs> of talent. And I'm so excited to see what comes Runs next. Back <laughs> the yeah, run back there now with three minutes before the news headline. Thanks so much, Anne-Marie. <laughs> Congratulations, Jess. Thanks a million. Well done, well done, well done. Now then, um, Connor, we have time maybe for one or two more notices that we would have spotted over the course of the last couple of days. We can maybe squeeze them in to the last 30 seconds if we can okay. grab a couple. Yeah. yeah, Something that caught your eye and my eye on Twitter. The National Lottery, uh, very well done to the Arts and Culture category winner. That's Graffiti Theatre. We and should have a crowd cheering for that one. And they have, It's actually here in writing they're saying Graffiti Theatre Company make the world of art, culture and creativity as accessible as possible for younger imaginations in Cork. And also Cork Opera House at Cork Opera House are delighted to be participating in a test event on July the 10th in collaboration with the Irish National Opera. Looking forward to working with the Arts Council on that one. So yes. something, watch that space. So exciting because I know yeah. there were so many disappointed voices especially and a big massive virtual hug to all our colleagues in the live music industry when no live music of course has been sanctioned yet and I, I think it's too early to kind of jump the gun on on that because I would be very hopeful that caveats and conditions would be introduced in that category but our, our live musicians definitely suffering uh, as a result of not being allowed resume performances yet even on an unplugged yeah. acoustic basis which is something we were chatting about during the week and also well done to Will Sliney Will Sliney has a new show how to draw coming soon to Sky Kids amazing stuff now that's it from us until next week we'll have the podcast Cheers. up later on this <laughs> afternoon until next Sunday Sloan Bye. Corks 96 FM and C103 The Arts House